Coming to you from the Greater Montreal area, this is the Not Having It Podcast, where we talk any and all things related to the Montreal Canadiens. I'm your host, Joshua Delorme. On this week's Not Having It podcast, I'm very excited to bring in my good friend, fan of the Montreal Canadiens, former co-host of a long-forgotten podcast of mine. Long forgotten. Lot and forgotten. Long, long forgotten. forgotten. Yeah. Lambros, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for welcome, having me. Welcome to the Not Having It podcast. Thanks for having me. Really excited. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, so on this week's podcast, uh, Lambros and I are just going to talk about uh, recent... Trade rumors involving the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Um, with the draft just over a week away, we're starting to see a lot of rumblings and a lot of uh, rumors were circulating around the Twitter sphere and, and, and all these possible moves and stuff like that. So I figured we'll take a bit of time to take a deep dive into those. Um, yeah. And then I had you come up with a list of uh, possible bold predictions for yeah. the upcoming season. I mean, I didn't write a list down. No, just but you, off the top of my head, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's what I do. That's how I do it here. Yeah. Everything off the top of my head. I don't... If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's for the next time. For sure, yeah. That's where it goes. Yeah. Um, but before I begin, like I do with all my guests, I would like to play a little word association game with you. First thought that pops into your mind when I, get, when I say either a player or a team or something like that. Or a general manager... Quick question. Are we allowed swearing? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll just list this as explicit when I publish it. And no, that sounds good. You can fucking swear all you want. There you go. There it is. So first word that come, first thought that comes to mind when I say Ken Holland, general manager of the now Edmonton Oilers. Bold. Explain. I mean, obviously when he was hired, he was the, I think he was the unanimous choice for general manager in comparison to the other candidates available. But And who was there before? Oh yeah, obviously Peter Shirelli. It's a significant upgrade, but again, I th- I felt that the team like the Edmonton Oilers needed to go on a completely different route, like a, a fresh face, a new perspective on the game of hockey. I'm not saying Kyle Dubas, I'm not saying GM of the year John Jacob. I'm <laughs> saying uh, just someone that you wouldn't have expected to be the... Uh, top choice. The top choice, exactly. I think Ken Holland is a guy, an old school guy. He's, listen, he's... He's paid his dues. He's made. He made a dynasty in Detroit for the longest time, and you got to give him credit. But over the past few years, he's had his issues with cap. He's had his issues with um, just rostering a, a really significant team. You know, ever since they won the cup in '08, they haven't done anything rather significant. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but they were how many times ousted in the first round yeah. in consecutive years. So, um, drafting hasn't been yeah. first round drafting hasn't been very it's strong been very as if, of late. Yeah, they've been better with Larkin lately and stuff like Larkin, that. Larkin, Mantha, you know, yeah. you can sit there and say, but there there aren't any like I think Larkin's a very good hockey player. I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a very good hockey player, but um we'll see what happens with Zadina and stuff like that, but yeah. again, I think it was bold. Um obviously they went with the safe pick, but We'll see how it pays out in the end. All right, another fresh face, new face, new face-ish in the NHL. Ralph Kruger, head coach of the Buffalo Sabers. Love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of Ralph Kruger for a while. He's, uh, yeah, he he didn't get an opportunity to thrive in Edmonton. I think he was fired after one year. I don't even think he made it the year. No, he was. The, he finished the year. Did he finish the he year? He finished the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
again, it the thing what I like about it is that um, listen, the the hype on Phil Housley when he came in there was yeah. beyond overrated. Yeah. I think the guy was just fortunate to be on a team that had I think at that time like the best top, top six defense in the league. Yeah. So, and you're going to a team where. You could sit here and say Phil Housley had the opportunity to create probably one of the great, one of the best partnerships for the next decade yeah. in Ristol Linen and Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. They after that ten game win streak, what did they do? You sit here and look at Buffalo. Okay, we blame the goaltending all the time, which is uh, acceptable. Yeah, which is fair. It's fair to say, but with the team you have, Eichel, Reinhardt, who's actually stepping it up, it's Jeff Skinner, who scored forty goals yeah. this year, new co- massive uh, contract, nine years. Well deserved. I mean, years, he's yeah. uh, he's a forty goal scorer, yep. and that's you pay to get goals, especially on a team that struggles to score goals like that. And you know, they, they had a lot of good, solid, extreme, like solid, extremely good forwards, and you know that partnership of Dalene and Ristolainen, and that they should have stri- they should have thrived with that with uh, Housley. So a guy like Ralph Kruger brings a different uh, element to the game. I Best example you could look at in terms of his coaching. Listen, he brought uh, in the World Cup of Hockey, I think it was a couple of years Team ago. Europe. Team Europe, who nobody yep. had even going to the finals against Canada. He brought them to the finals. It was an aging team. They were obviously talented, but they weren't as competitive as Team Canada was. So take that with a grain of salt. He's bringing a new element to the game. And I think he's going to do really well. I don't think he's gonna they're going to make the playoffs next year, but... Little by little, you're going to see a lot of improvements with Ralph Kruger. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Eric Carlson, my favorite defenseman, one of my favorite hockey players ever. Oh, oh. Eric Carlson. Limbo. Yeah. He's in limbo. Yeah. I think... Um, I think he's in himself is struggling with that. Does yeah. Does he stay in San Jose? Does he go to market? I think he has four options. And obviously, the first two that are obviously the uh, wise choices for him would be San Jose and Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you, you had a pretty solid year in San Jose. San Jose is still a very competitive team, even if they lose Joe Thornton to retirement, free agency, or whatever. Joe Pavelski. There's a, he's a free agent. There's a possibility. Is he a free agent? Yeah. Really? Joe yep. Pavelski is a free agent this year? Yes. Yes. Wow, man. Montreal should go after him. I don't know if he's going to get to to the market, but yes, he's a, he's a free agent. I them. think they're going to resign him. I would think so, too. He's the captain, right? Yes. So... Um, they still have a very good young core with Couture, with Meyer, with Evander Kane, Thomas Hurdle, like in yeah, just yeah. name drop for your... And the defense. I mean, the fact you, you got Brent Burns, Burns and, and Vlasic. And, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, but then you go and you look at Tampa Bay and you say, well, you know, you're talking about a team that just completely dominated the regular season. We're not going to talk about the playoffs because that's an embarrassment in its own right. Sweet! Yeah. Um, but... Then you have Ottawa. Yeah. Then you have Montreal, which surpri- to, for me, reading it and saying that he's he wants an offer from Montreal, it kind of, for a guy like Mark Bergeron, it should hint at the fact that, hey, I want to play for your team and you haven't even offered me shit yet. Yeah. So, Mark, I mean, I'm not saying go after Eric Carlson, but you know what? Give him an offer. Yeah. See, see what sticks. I think there's a reason why he's... Interested in in receiving an offer? I mean, it's no secret that that Melinda Carlson, his wife, I would I don't know if I'd define it as homesick, but she would, is homesick. Would rather be closer to Ottawa, or if possible, in Ottawa. And and if if he does sign in Montreal, she can live in Ottawa. 
Yeah, it's only an hour it's, drive. It's a two-hour drive at most, and I mean, Eric can come back and like be able to travel back and forth, and it's much easier, and and whatnot. She could live in Montreal, or I mean, whatever they get a condo in Montreal or whatever they do, and she's close to home and mm-hmm. she's close to family in Ottawa, which is, I think, also the reason why he would be open to a offer from Ottawa. The thing is, is that at that point, I, I think, don't know if that would work. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. The bridges that were burnt, burnt like to a crisp mm. between Eugene Melnick, the Ottawa Senators, and Eric Carlson mm-hmm. last September can be fully rebuilt in this short of a time period. We're not talking about Daniel Alfredson here, mm-hmm. who, who had spent so long in Ottawa, left to Detroit for one year, retired, but retired as a member of the Ottawa Senators. Right. We're not... I don't think the relationship between Eugene Melnick, the Ottawa Senators, and Eric Carlson is the same thing as what the relationship was between Daniel Alfredson and that. No, I think Eric Carlson, though, if he does come back to Ottawa, it's for the fans. I think it's... For himself, too. I think he... For himself, I think yeah. he always... I mean, I, I remember watching that press conference when he left. He was visibly shook, shooken up. Yeah. Shaken up. He was he was visibly in pain, emotional mm-hmm. about it. He, he never wanted to leave Ottawa. You could right. tell. He always loved staying, being in Ottawa, playing in Ottawa, staying in Ottawa. And, I mean, me as a Sens fan in exile would definitely definitely not be opposed to the idea of, of Eric the Great returning to Ottawa. I don't see it happening, though. No. I think if he had an option, if he had the offers between Ottawa and Montreal, he also wants to look at the fact that, hey, I want to compete for a cup. Yeah. And I'm not criticizing Ottawa. I think Ottawa still has... There's a, good, there's a lot of good young pieces there. You gotta, but they have ways to go. There's a ways to go, yeah. They, the, the issues in goal, there's yeah. that lack of de- depth on defense after Shabbat, Brandstrom, yeah, and... Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever you have left there. That's pretty much it. Because um, if you mentioned Cody Cease, I'm going to slug you. I was going to say, I was going to slug me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard Docker. Here, there you go. Hey, hey, top four there. Okay, easy there, top four. Let's see him make the team first. <laughs> but again, a team like Montreal, that would make a lot of sense. You know, it, it checks all the boxes for Carlson. You yeah. know, you're you're still at an age where you can still compete. Um, you're still at an you're at, you're entering a team where they're young, but they're on the rise. Yeah. They're not a team where they're like the Ottawa Senators, where they have a lot of good prospects. But it needs to be put together. They're, the Canadians, are like uh, I think, they're maybe a couple of pieces away from actually competing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And you have Carey Price. And I mean, I was just gonna say, when you have the best goaltender in the world, and probably my opinion, one of the best shutdown defensemen in the league, in Shea Weber. Yeah. All right. Fine. He yeah, yeah. say what we want. He he may have lost a step or two, step or two, but the moment Shea Weber came back to Montreal, the team changed. After yeah, his yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So the, the defensive you, play improved greatly yeah. with Shea Weber there. Absolutely, yeah. yes, so. yes. Mark Bergevin. It's not one word. It's mostly like biggest off season of his career. I yeah, biggest off season of his career. This is we thought last year. He made bold moves. Yep. We can say what we want. Last year, he made bold moves, and they worked to perfection. Yeah. Everything worked. Every, whatever he tried last year The worked. hirings, the trade for Max Domi. Yep. I know I'm forgetting a couple of things, the too. The Tatar trade. The Tatar trade, exactly. Those were significant moves that Even changed. Even the draft last year. He had a very good draft. Yeah. He had a very good... Kenyemi, I mean, coming, uh, making the roster out of training camp. Put up 34 points. It's respectable. See what we want. The guy scored 11 goals. It's all you're going to grow from there. Um, 96 points, if I'm not mistaken, they finished with 96 or 97 points. 96, I think it was, yeah. Fantastic year, considering they were supposed to be part of the bottom 
six teams maybe this off uh, this NHL season. Yeah. Um, you need to go above and beyond this year. Okay. They have a lot of cap. They have most of their teams signed. They need those difference makers. Be it on defense, yeah. be it on fo- be it as a forward. Okay, We're, we we mentioned Carlson. I'll even mention Matt Duchesne. Uh, there's going to be players available via trade, and you know what? It's a bold prediction. Maybe go after and sign someone as an uh, through an offer sheet. You know, Braden Point is available. Mitch Marner is available via yeah, offer yeah. sheet. I I would not have any issue giving up four first round picks. But have Mitch Marner on my team. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with you. You, you know, you and I have known each other long enough. You know where I stand when it comes to Mark Bergevin and and, and making moves to improve this roster. I mean, moving out four first round picks is a steep price to pay. But, but I look at it. Are you? Is there a real realistic chance? I mean, you can always find a diamond in the rough or anything like that. But is there a realistic chance that one of those four first-round draft picks turns into Mitch Marner? There's a chance, but is it a? If you're picking in the mid, mid to late first you. round, no. I don't. Thank you. No. If you're because if you're bringing in Mitch Marner, I think mm-hmm. hopefully your team would be better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. I. I mean, I. If I would give up, would you? I would have no issue pl- trading four first-round picks that are going to be between fifteen to thirty-one. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with that. No. Mitch Marner is a hell of a hockey player. And he's, what, 22? 22 years. He's coming out of entry level. He immediately makes your team better without question. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. And I agree with your point where I think this is Mark Bergevin's make it or break it off season. This is going to define his career. Yes. Because yes. This, this off season is going to be, is was his career in Montreal, his tenure, his general managership in Montreal, a relative success or a relative failure, yeah. and I think with because every all the stars have aligned here this off season, you have cap space. Yeah, you have your the most of your core locked up long term. You have to sign Max Domi. You have to sign Max Domi, but like he's still an RFA. Oh, is he after the next year? Yeah, I think oh. I believe so. I believe he's still an RFA, and so. They're gonna resign. Yeah, because he, yeah, because he it's five years. It'll have been five years after his draft. He did three years of entry he level. Wants to stay anyway. He wants to stay regardless. He to stay, He's yeah. not Max Domi isn't going anywhere. So I mean, your core is here for a long term. Mm-hmm. You have roster flexibility. You mm-hmm. have salary cap flexibility. Everything's aligned itself here, and you're only missing a relative. Like I mean, the the biggest needs in off season shopping list is you need a top six forward, mm-hmm. center or wing, preferably center. Yeah. Top 4D, left-handed, yeah, and then a backup goaltender. Yeah, pretty much. That's your shopping list right there. Yeah, Your backup goaltender, if you can't address that in the free agency, you might as well tender your resignation at the same time because you can always find a backup goaltender. Yeah, exactly. You can always find one. Curtis McElhaney. Whatever. Yeah. Whoever it happens to be, you can find one. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, if you're going to be the general manager of an NHL franchise, pull your bootstraps up, Mm -hmm. put your big boy pants on, and make a trade. Yeah. Or throw some money at someone. I, I absolutely agree with you. The last thing I'm going to throw at you mm-hmm. is not a player, is not a general manager, not anything like that. What do you think when I talk about the 15th overall selection in the NHL draft? That's a hap right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> is this 15th or 14th? 15th. Oh, yeah, there's 31 teams. Yeah. Frick. Um, 15th pick. Um, 
not in terms of it doesn't have to be in terms of who you think they're going to draft. It could be more okay. I Expe- think I, I think they could go. I think they're going to go defense. I think they're going to go forward. I think they're going to trade it. It's expendable. That's okay. the word I'm going to go with. I think you've been listening to this podcast. I have not. Well, Sorry. That's the first shot across the bow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I've been working, unfortunately. Yeah, I've been living the adult life, yeah. as you like to call it. But was, yeah, expendable. For a couple of reasons. Number one, I think this is the first year in a really long time that we don't know what's going to happen outside maybe the top four. Yeah. Okay. Even then. Yeah. Even then, I think outside of the top two, because you look at, I think Chicago could go a few ways at three. No, I know who they're going. I think they're, who? Bowen Byram. Th- yeah. They're going to go Bowen I Byram. think so too. I think it came down between Byram or um, um, Turcotte. Yeah, maybe. I think it was. So so let's say outside of the top three, it mm-hmm. could go anyway. Yes. Colorado can go either way, I would think, at four. Mm-hmm. I think outside of the top three, it's a, it's, it's a... And it's because of three players. Yeah. Valerie Podkolskin. Yep. With his issue with the KHL and yes. that contract, a lot of people want that immediate impact help. He might not come. He's not here for two years. He yep. might pull what uh, what was it? Kraft saw from the Rangers. I think so. He played one year in the KHL and then he just signed his entry level deal. Now yeah, he signed yeah. that Russian goalie too. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be exciting in a couple I think of the years. The Rangers have a good team coming, and they're going to have probably Kapokako or Jack Hughes. So they, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a good team. Good for yeah, them. Yeah, um, that New York area just got a lot better. <laughs> Very quickly, and they yeah. might sign Panarin. Um, and they hired John Davidson. I like that hire. That's that's a good hire there, too, yeah. So, Valerie Podkolskin is the first one. The second one is Spencer Knight. The thing is with yeah. Spencer Knight yeah. is that they're comparing him to Carey Price. Yeah. And I've seen Spencer Knight. He's a very good goalie. Yes. he's yes. gonna. I think he's probably one of the best goaltending prospects I've seen, but possibly since Carey since Price. Carey, I, would, because, I mean, yeah. just like, think about that. How many goaltenders since Carey Price have been drafted in the first round? Jonathan Bernier, uh, Tom McCollum, uh, my friend Jack Campbell, Jake Ettinger. Uh, what else was taken? Guy in Tampa Bay. Andrew Vasilevsky. I that's think that's true. it. No, there's been a Malcolm Subban. Did he go in the first round? Malcolm Subban Eesh. went in the first round. Boston, what are you doing? Who else? I, I, there was a couple of other ones that I... Regard, I th- but okay, I'll say mm. this. Since Vasilevsky went in the first round, I don't think... Mark Visentine. I think since Vasilevsky <laughs> went in the first round in 2013, I believe it was. Something like that. I think the only goaltender to go since then in the first round is Jake Ottinger in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. and we don't know what's going to happen with him because Ben Bishop has been playing well. Yeah. But ben Bishop's getting up He's with their He's still young. Age. He's still young. And in sense, I mean, uh, when you draft a goaltender at 26, I think it was, or 27th, you're not... Was he that high? I think he was high. No, 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 no. He was, I remember, sure? because it was the pick, it was a pick one or two right before Ottawa. That was mm-hmm. the year Ottawa took um, the guy they sent to uh, Shane Bowers. And they took him. That was the year that they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the conference final. Mm. And sorry, I was really sorry, sorry thanks. To up. thanks, yeah. And I was really looking for Ottawa to draft Jake Ottinger. That Ilya time. Samsonov was another goal. That's who it is. That's yes, who it was. yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, but anyway, all that to say is, I think I think he's the best goaltending prospect to come in. And you know, you look at you look at teams like from picks maybe after pick three. Teams are gonna want that goaltending prospect. I look at the Panthers. The I Panthers look at the Panthers. I look at Vancouver. Yeah, are you, are you really like? I mean, Thatcher Demko has never taken that next step. You yeah. know, we were expecting yeah, that. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else is around that pick. I mean, I don't have the the, the draft list. I don't. Maybe even, and this is gonna come as a surprise. I read it earlier on Twitter, but maybe a team like Philadelphia. They have no goaltending depth after Carter Hart. Well, yeah, but I think there's a difference between goaltending depth and. Um, 
and uh, two elite prospects. But again, that's good. That's a good. That's a good hand to have. Yeah, no, I understand that. I look at. I don't know. Maybe the Kings at five. Yeah, maybe the Kings do yeah, something. Possibly. The Red Wings need a or like could yeah, use a goaltender. Steve Eiserman might pull a, 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 a massive move there. The Sabers don't need one. I mean, the Oilers. You never know what the hell they're gonna do, but. The Oilers might need one too. They could use a goaltender. Yeah. The Ducks are fine. Like you said, the Canucks at ten. The Flyers, I don't see it. The Wild, after Devin Dubnik, they don't have any goaltending prospects from what I so. know. No. The Panthers, the Coyotes, and then so that's like even the Coyotes too. I there's a lot of teams in that list that I could talk myself into mm-hmm. taking a goaltender yeah. that early. Yeah. And the third and final prospect is uh, Cole Caulfield. Yeah. I think he's the best, the second best scorer behind Capocaco. Best pure yeah. scorer. Oh, absolutely. Agree um, there. Ever since Alex DeBrincat was taken in the second round, people. Comp- I, I said I, I want if I if the Canadians did not make those um, did not trade those two second round picks for Andrew Shaw. This is a different, very different team. Alex DeBrincat would have been a hell of a hockey player on the yep. Canadians. Not saying that by default that the the Canadians would have drafted. No, but you would think. Hi, well, I mean, come on. Hypothetically, how, how hypothetically, that's the player going with that pick. I'm surprised I, he didn't go higher. I, I don't know how he got out of the first round. I understand that he played with McDavid and I, Dylan Strom. Yeah. I understand that. But when you have back-to-back years of 50 goals, and then the year after, you replicate it, I think, with 62 yeah. goals. I mean, we saw this with Halifax and with McKinnon, Drew, and, and Ehlers. I can even say the same thing. We saw it with the St. John Sea Dogs yes. when they had Jonathan Huberdeau, Th- yep. Thomas Yurko, Charlie Coyle, Nathan yep. Bollier, and... Zach Phillips. Mm-hmm. So all these players. One of those turned out good. The other one, well, yeah. two of them turned out well. Coyle and well, yeah, uh, Huberto, Coyle, and then the rest. Yeah, I would exactly. Say, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's it's a risk taking. But if you're talking here, at, you're, the teams here are looking for goal scorers. They're looking for difference makers. Cole yep. Caulfield, disregard the height, okay? Because uh, yeah. that's a huge factor. At five seven, he's not going to intimidate anyone. No. But if you put him, for example, like the LA Kings. An yeah. Anze Kopitar yeah. or a Jeff Carter yeah. along with a Cole Caulfield, yeah. Cole Caulfield will dominate, especially on the point um, or over the um, the face-off circle. Yep. That's, That's going to uh, – we're talking here power yeah. play. Yeah. He has a lethal shot. Mm-hmm. So those are the three wild cards that are going to probably be the difference makers for the top 15 of that draft. So if I'm Montreal and if I'm Mark Bergevin, um, I look at my draft board and I say the following things. Who's going to drop? Yeah. Who's going to rise? Yeah. I mean, what do, prices do I have to pay to move up if I want to do that? Either that. What could I get I out back. of that? Yeah. Like, let's say a team like, uh, we, we, we spoke about this before recording, um, the idea of the Montreal Canadiens in their shopping list, they want to go for a left-handed defenseman. Yeah. A team like Anaheim, for example, mm-hmm. they're trying to move Corey Perry. Yep. They're trying to get rid of as much cap space as possible. Maybe they want to bring a new, fresh youth movement. Yeah. What if a guy like Podkolskin drops to 15? You know? Yeah. Do you make a... Do you, we'll see how desperate Anaheim is. Do you trade a Camp Fowler for the 15th pick? If you're Mark Bergevin and that's your offer? Yeah. If, I, if, if Bob Murray calls you in, uh, on the draft floor, which I'll be live tweeting because yes. I'll be there. Um, if, so I'll let you know firsthand if, if there's something going on. But uh, if, if you're Mark Bergevin, your phone rings, you pick, up, you pick up the phone and it's Bob Murray calling saying, I'll give you Cam Fowler for the 15th pick. Mm-hmm. Do you say yes? Do you say no? Do you hang up? Or do you say, I'm going to need more, Bob? Well, if a guy like Polkolskin's available... Sorry, Bob. 
even no, no, I honestly, no, I agree. I understand. Honestly, you, yeah. honestly, I would I would make that trade. I agree with you because the Montreal Canadiens and but Colson isn't helping you for the next two years. But Cam Fowler will. Cam Fowler steps in as your de facto number one left-handed shot and I right now. Yeah. He's a hockey player. Twenty-seven. He can yep. skate. Yep. Yep. He signed long term. Yeah, he's just coming he's starting this next season he starts an eight year extension. So he signed eight years at six point five million. You're 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 Yeah. You're golden. So Would you take Corey Perry? If I take Corey Perry, you would need to give me a bit more. If I the now I'm just spitballing, I'm right, coming right, right, up right. with it as I go. Would you Fowler and Perry? Yeah. For Fowler let's say Fowler, Perry and a second for 15 and Alsner. Yeah. Absolutely, I would do that. It addresses a couple of needs for the Habs, but again... I mean, Corey Perry is a shell of his former self. But... You know what? He plays top nine. Yeah, plays top nine. It's a... I'm just saying, like... I, I don't know how long Corey Perry's... I think con- he's got two or three years left. Ah, that's fine. I think he's got two years left after one starting next season. Listen, I think a guy like Corey Perry... It's not that he needs to change the scenery. He just needs to, like... You need to reduce the guy's role. Okay? Yeah. It's like a Ryan Callahan. Ryan Callahan yeah. was a yeah. top six guy for years. For years, yeah. Then, even though his contract is massive, they're still playing him. Why? He brings tenacity. Mm-hmm. He brings fourth-line energy. Well, yeah, he's, he a leader, this, he's a leader on the, in the room. Listen, goal scorers never lose their shot. No. Okay? They lose speed. They yeah. may lose their strength, yeah. but they never lose their shot. A guy like Corey Perry, putting him on the third or fourth line, um, even though he has a high cap hit, and even though he's getting up there in age, you know, what are you risking? I'd rather have a guy like Corey Perry on my team than, no disrespect, a Delorier or a Houdon or, Pekka. Um, or a Matthew Pekka. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it's an upgrade. It's a big Absolutely. cap hit, but you know what? You get Cam Fowler, you get an additional second round pick. Who knows? You you will have nah. three second round yeah. picks, and then and anything, and, anything and then you can, can package yeah. some of those, move back into the first if you're interested in doing anything. And again, I'm not saying that I would do that, or I, I was just spitballing anything here to. To see how yeah. can you make things work, but I I have said in the past, and I agree with you absolutely. If I would do straight up fifteen for 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 Cam uh, Fowler, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You need at some point, and and that's I I hate to be the one that always says this, but clearly nobody wants to to to. to it's always we want to improve, but we don't want to pay anything. Mm-hmm. It's always well, give me that guy, but no, no, don't ask for don't ask for that. That's too high. Mm-hmm. At some point, to get better, you need to actually pay a price and and yes building through the draft is fine but this isn't a rebuild you have carrie price and shea weber Mm -hmm. who have maybe three four years left in their prime yeah maybe yeah you have to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. brendan gallagher is on a very team-friendly contract he's going to want an extension he's getting and it's not going to be at four million dollars 3.75 yeah yeah that's what, yeah. Should probably be at 6.5. Yeah. What happened to Max Pacioretty when he asked for 7 million after coming out of 4.5? He was shipped out of town. I'm just saying that at some point, this is your window right now. You're in it because you've got Price and you've got Weber. They're not going to be at the, at the level that they're at for another 10 years. Not even close. Definitely not. And you have most of your um, core under contract or under control for an extended period of time. Sure, Domi needs a contract after next season. He's still under your control. Mm. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi is going to need a new contract in two years. He's still under your control. Ryan Paley, Nick Suzuki. All of those things. And at some point, we have so much, and this I never thought we would say, we we have reached a point where we have a lot of (laughs) 
forward depth mm. in, in young players. Mm. We have a few young forwards that you can say realistically are top six forwards. Mm-hmm. You don't have that on defense. No. You have no one coming. And whoever you and you might tell me, Josh, well, they'll draft a defenseman at 15. We'll address that knee. Well, yeah. But the defenseman drafted at 15 is not stepping into the NHL this year. Not and close. chances are he's not a, if he does step in next year, he's not top six. He's not a top four. Unless defenseman. a guy like Bowen Byram has a scandal and he drops to 15. Or unless Mark Bergevin trades into like. The which, only, will, which, well, which odds are will not happen. No, but. like that's it. The only way you have a defenseman playing next year. Mm-hmm. Or even then, the year after, in top four role, is if Montreal just pays the piper and moves up to the top five mm-hmm. and dra- or top three and then drafts Bowen Byram. No, exactly. And that's not going to happen. No. So, yes, I understand taking at 15, yeah, we'll take a Cam York or whoever, um, uh, Moritz Sider or whoever it is. Philip Broberg, even though I love Philip. I love, I love Philip Broberg. I would absolutely have to strongly sit there and think about that. If Philip Broberg's available at a 15, but Murray comes up to you and says... I would still do it. Yeah, it's a t- but that's a tough choice. It's hard, but like... Phil, I th- because yeah. Philip Broberg isn't coming in to, for the next... He's not going to help me for two years. That we don't know. That, that Okay, I, I think okay. that's a little bit too... Meaning... Maybe okay. a year. Okay, Cam, Cam Fowler helps me as of right now. Yeah. Philip Broberg is not a top four defenseman mm-hmm. on this team next year. No. And chances are, chances are, he's not a top four defenseman the year after that either. I'm not saying he's not on the roster. Just saying he's not going to be relied on. We know how much Claude Julien rely, uses Relies his de- veterans, yeah. does with the defense. Yeah. I don't think he comes in and steps into a top four role in the next two years. No. Okay, so that's I, w- I would strongly have to consider that because, I mean, what you never know what can happen in two years. Mm-hmm. I look at, in two years, Shea Weber could be finished. He could have another injury and we're, we're, he, he's, that's it. He's a third defense, he's a third pairing guy and that's it. Mm-hmm. Carey Price could have another in- knee injury. Knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but there are injuries. There are risks in this game. Yeah, of course. And you have to take advantage of what your team is now. And I'm not saying trade the 15th for, I don't know, Ron Hainsey or anything like, you know, like I wouldn't do it for nobody. And I wouldn't do it for someone who's coming in on a, on a deal, on, an ex- on a contract that has one year left. Cam Fowler fits because he fits your system. He fits the style of play you want. And he's signed to an eight-year deal. Mm-hmm. He's got eight years or seven years left on his contract. I, I think that works. And, and you, at 27? I, yeah. That's, uh, that's a, you also have to factor that into he's not coming in at 30. Yes, exactly. Okay? And, it's, and, it's a 27-year-old signed long-term yes. for eight years at a very reasonable cap hit. Absolutely. 6.5 because, I mean, you look at it. The only reasonable option on left-handed shot defenseman on the free agent market is going to be Jake Gardner. Mm-hmm. Jake Gardner is going to be signing for about six point five million. And, who, and you're going to compare the two. And I mean, exactly. Who's who do better? You, who do you yeah. who would you rather have? Except. I think Cam Fowler is a better overall defenseman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, in a heartbeat, I'd take him. So I think there are uh, there are a lot of options, like you said, when it comes to fifteen. And I'm really excited to see what's going to take place next Friday night in Vancouver. Yeah. I think chances are, realistically, if we understand the way Mark Bergevin does business, he's gonna draft. it's going to be a draft pick, and he's going to draft at 15, and he's going to stamp out, and it's going to be that, and it's more than likely probably going to be a defenseman unless some miracle happens and someone drops on him. And it, it's, like I said, it's possible. And then it's absolutely possible. Yeah. But I would, 
I think it's still fun to have these conversations. No, to, of course. To have these scenarios because... They, they are heavily linked. I mean, the Canadians were interested in Fowler when he drafted yeah. Sergachev. They yeah, wanted to absolutely. trade that pick. Yes, exactly. So a team like Anaheim, like I said... Anaheim are going through a complete rebuild. They even they haven't even hired a coach yet, which is a little which puzzling. Is, I know, I know. Um, You're a week out of the draft. Usually, you want to have your coach in because you not that you get coach input, but like your coach still the style. Parti- the style, yeah. Your coach still participates in in your scouting meetings, mm-hmm. and and if you're gonna have a coach comes in that says, "No, I want my defenseman to be six foot four elephants." And you're, not, you're not going to go out. And, normally, you wouldn't go out and draft a five foot seven defenseman. And I'll put in another fact: the the Anaheim Ducks are very tight against the cap with a lot yes. of big contracts. Yes. So you know, doing give, getting a guy like Fowler or giving up a guy like Fowler does them a favor as well. Especially if it's just for a pro, for a pick. Yeah, yeah. Especially that, if it's just for you're, a pick. You, especially you're clearing six point five million right yeah. there. And if it's the, let's say for example, they draft a guy like Putkolskin or they draft a guy like Broberg. Yeah. You sign him to an entry level deal. Absolutely. You're, if he plays on the roster or not, you save six and a half million, yeah. and that way you can, for example, you could shed other caps yes. or other contracts. You can afford a buyout on yeah. uh, Corey a Kessler, up Corey Perry. You, you know, get, you can. I mean, regardless, you'll be able to afford these buyouts, but they don't mark, they don't hurt as much. Yeah. Because you're not. You're flushed. six and a half yeah, exactly. million dollars exactly. free. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting. Um, again. I'll save my bold predictions for later. Yeah, we'll finish out but, on those. Uh, yeah, that pick 15 is uh, quite the pick because those three players, uh, Colskin, Knight, and Caulfield, are gonna, just going to change yeah, yeah. the I, impact I, of that top 15. Absolutely. I absolutely so. agree. Well, I think this is officially the longest word association there you go. we've ever had That's on what the, I on do. the uh, Not Having a Podcast. We're currently at 34 minutes almost. Uh, Great. So, yeah, I think this is going to turn out to be one of the longest podcasts on so go. far. But that's what happens when you and I sit down and start talking hockey. Um, we talked a lot about Cam Fowler and, and, and 15 and, 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 and defensemen. I wanted to talk to you about recent rumors. You mean as of yesterday? As of yesterday. Uh, because we are recording on Wednesday, June 12th. Um, linking the Montreal Canadiens to the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. Notably to left-handed shot defenseman Shane Gostisbehere. Yeah. Now, the uh, rumors, again, I will say this. Do you think it's a true thing? Do you think they're actually interested? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if the the ask is true that we've seen circulating around Twitter Mm -hmm. or that the offer is true. I don't know if that's true, Mm -hmm. which according to what I've seen so far on Twitter is, is a draft pick, Andrew Shaw and or Paul Byron. Mm. Or both. Or both, yeah. Which would make sense, but okay. It's beside the point. Um, so I don't know if that is true. Mm-hmm. I believe that the Canadians are interested in Shane Gostas Bear. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Chuck Fletcher and the Minnesota Wild, uh, Minnesota Wild, Philadelphia. Philadelphia Flyers are open to the idea of moving Shane Gostas Bear. Mm. I believe if there's a defenseman moved out from Philadelphia, I think it's going to be Shane Gostas Bear. Which baffles me. He really struggled last year. Did he though? Yes. Yes. How many let me points pull, did he put up? Put that up right now. How many points did he put up? I'm, I want to see this. Okay. I'm, I think I'm, he put up. I think I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, it's, coming. It's, 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 it's the slow Wi-Fi here. I apologize. I didn't have the page open. Um, Shane, he's only 26 years old. He, yeah. 37 points and 82 games. 78 minus 20 though. Yeah, but the whole team sucked last minus year. Minus 20. Yeah. 
but you you say it. plus minus is an underlying factor. I do, but that's why I'm defending Eric Carlson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's his it's his worst season. Yeah. Okay. But again, he went from 65 points to 37, which is the reason why it's great to buy low on him. Absolutely. So you look at this and you say, okay, well, a draft 37. a draft pick. And potentially either Andrew Shaw or Paul Byron. I'm pretty certain the Flyers would be more interested in a guy like Paul Byron. I would think so as well. Because they have guys like Andrew Shaw on the team. They have a Travis Konechny. Um, They got a guy like Nolan Patrick. He's not what he is, number two overall pick Nolan Patrick, but he plays a similar power forward aggressive style. Sean Couturier, who's blossomed ever since uh, the last couple of years. I think he's put a combined maybe 70 goals, which is fantastic for him. Good for him. Um, so a guy like Paul Byron just balances out the speed movement, the pen- penalty kill at a reasonable contract too, and he can probably put you up maybe 15, 20 goals like he's done in Montreal. Now, do I buy it that the Canadians are interested? Of course they're going to be interested. They're going to be looking for anything that's the, they're going to be throwing names on a wall and hopefully it, stick, yeah, it sticks. Yeah, yeah. We've mentioned Cam Fowler. We mentioned Shane Goss to spare. Uh, for sure, there's a, there's much more defensemen. Maybe a Nick Letty out there from the Islanders they're probably interested in. There's all these guys, uh, Calvin DeHaan too. There's all these players where... Um, they're going to be heavily linked with. But uh, listen, I like Shane Gostisbehere. I think a guy like that is needed in Montreal, a number one defenseman on the left-handed side who can actually carry a power play. Yeah. Um, offensive defenseman who offensive can transition the puck yeah. well, who can do make like make yeah. plays happen in the offensive zone. Yeah. That, that's a guy I would def- definitely be more than interested in. It's very similar to Cam Fowler. But... I'm again. I'm very hesitant on what they're offering. A guy like Paul Byron. I like Paul Byron, and I think he'd do wonders for the Flyers. But Paul Byron and what a second round pick? I don't think I, I would make that trade if I'm Fletcher. If you throw in maybe an Arturi Lekkinen, possibly. Yeah. But yeah. it's 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 tough to crack. We it's we had we had this conversation earlier, and I've had this conversation on this podcast before, where. I look at the bottom group of the roster, forward roster, and I look at Paul Byron, Andrew Shaw, Arteri Lekkinen, Joel Armia, four players that are very similar, Mm -hmm. that can fill the same role. Mm -hmm. And those are four players in in, in the bottom six, I would say, that are the same type of player. Yeah. Pick two and go. Thank you. Pick yes. two and leave. You're, yes. you're forgetting a couple of other guys. You're forgetting Jordan Wheel. You're forgetting Nate Thompson. I wish I could forget Jordan Wheel. You know what? I, I like Jordan Wheel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, me too. I like Jordan Wheel. I don't like Jordan Wheel 18 minutes a night running a power play. Well, you know what? He actually did well on the power play. Oh, give me a break. He did well. The whole goddamn team sucked on the power yeah, play. Yeah, but you know what? He put up points on the power play. points. He put up, he put, he put up points. He put up points. What? He put up more points what? than Jonathan Drouin, that's for sure. He put up what? Five points? More than Drew, eh? Okay, yeah, but Drew ain't disappeared. Well, dude, that's, the whole that's goddamn power play was terrible. Yeah, I know. Don't tell me Jordan Wheel is, is the god for... Is, is, he's, he's not. He's nowhere he's near coming that. down from the heavens. He's no he's, Sam Gagne on the power play. He's not a power play specialist. Okay, but not only that, he was playing on the... Christ's sakes, he was playing second line center. Well, you know what? I Listen, that, that's why we're here and they're coaching it. Well, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I think I could do it better. Because holy shit, Saint Sakama, what is this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've I've yelled into these microphones Listen, enough th- about Jordan Wheel. I, I, I think I think Jordan Wheel is a good 
bottom six guy, and I hope he stays there. But yeah. listen, you, yes. you have Jordan Wheel, you have Arturi Lekin, you have Brent, you have uh, Andrew Shaw, you have Artur, uh, Joel Armia, you have. Let me, let, I ju- let me just run through the list of forwards, yeah, the entire go. list of forwards, yeah, yeah, and it. then you like keep track of who's similar. Okay. Jonathan Drouin, Thomas Tatar, Andrew Shaw, Brennan Gallagher, Paul Byron, Max Domi, Philip Dano, uh, well, Dale Weiss doesn't count, Jordan Wheel, Matthew Pekka, Nate Thompson, Nicolas Delarier, Kat Kinyemi, Lekkanen and Armia. Let's end it there. 12. You, yeah. I'm taking away the Domi and Kokinyemi. You count Drouin as similar? Similar styles. They're all... Okay, fine. Not Drouin. And Ten. Tatar? Okay, nine. <laughs> okay. Nine players. <laughs> Point is, yeah. nine players are so are completely similar. They're penalty killers or they're bottom six guys. Don't disrespect the Gallagher. I think Gallagher is a hell of a hockey player and he's a lot more talented than they are. But at the end of the day, on a very, very good team, he's a third line right winger. He's a top nine guy on any other hockey team. 30 goal scorer. He's a, in Montreal. That's true. That's true. He's a 30 goal scorer in Montreal. Is Max Pacioretty a top, a top line winger in any other team? He wasn't in Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, good point. You know, at the end of the day, it's, and you know what? Good for him. Good for Gallagher that he's scoring 30 goals in back-to-back years. It's, a, it's an incredible accomplishment. It's, it's so hard to score goals nowadays, That's especially true. someone like Gallagher. But let's, let's be realistic here. He's not a top-six forward. In Montreal, he is. In Montreal. I think a- on a lot of teams, he is. But if you put him... I think if you put him... His in- ceiling is a top... He's a number-two line Yeah, all right. Winger. Let's put him at that. Number-two line winger. Second or third line forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in Montreal, he's a top line. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again... He's taking it, and he's taking advantage of the opportunity, and he's which is and incredible. Good for him. And it, but that's, I think, that's what worries me about his next contract. Mm. He's currently twenty-seven years old. Yeah, needs a new contract after two years. In two years, so he's eligible for a new contract as of next summer. Yeah, no, yes, in two summers. As of, he's eligible to sign an extension. Oh, okay. As of next year. Okay. Um, that worries me. We have back-to-back thirty goals seasons. Potentially, maybe another thirty goals. Potentially, season. another one. Yeah. At twenty-seven years old, he's gonna want it. This is that's gonna be his contract. That's gonna be his Max Pacioretty type of deal, mm. where I said, okay, you've gotten two, maybe three seasons of thirty goals out of, out of me for less than four million dollars. Pay up. I would pay up though. Would you give him seven times seven? This, the, the the term is that, gonna be the issue. That, the that's term's it. Gonna the be term the is gonna yeah. be the problem. And. and, and I mean, at the end of the day, we talk, you said this when it came to Jeff Skinner, score, goal scorers get paid. Yeah, but Jeff Skinner... I understand yeah. that. I, but my point is, back-to-back 30 goals seasons, and maybe another one in there, he's not going to sign for $5 million. I'm not saying $5 million. No, I'm, I'm just no, no. throwing a number out there. To me, it comes in between 6 and 7. Well, or, it also depends because you also forget Brendan Gallagher, even though he wants to be greedy and being selfish with a lot of things, he's not the type of player to... I think he's the type of guy to put the team first. Yeah. He's a yeah. type of player that he has to... And okay, it, so it's a $6 million contract. Which, that's... Would you I'm, do six times seven? Six times six? I'll do six times six. I'd be fine with six times six, especially if the cap is continuously going up. Yeah. I do... But again, it, Josh, it goes back to this idea. You could definitely do six times six. You could probably even do seven times six. Get rid of the other contracts that are players that are similar. Andrew Shaw needs to go. Andrew Shaw... I like Paul Byron. 3.4 million? Paul Byron... Uh, Nicolas Delaurier, uh, Pekka, Dano, 
I'm not saying get rid of Dano, but Dano is a similar hockey player. Um, we're missing a couple. Jordan Wheel. Uh, we're miss. Who else is there? I'm, T- I'm, well, you have Tatar, you have An- but Andrew Shaw. I mean, that's the, Andrew uh, Shaw. Yeah, Armia and Lekkinen. Yeah, it's, that's bottom six players. Yeah. So if you get rid of and you have to at some point you're gonna have you are. I mean, everybody's freaking out over Ryan Paling and and Nick Suzuki. Mm. I understand that. There's a lot of hype here, mm-hmm. for sure. Very exciting. I'm not saying they're going to be in Montreal next year, but in the, some point in the near future, you need room on the roster for these Let players. Play You're forgetting maybe a guy like Joel Teasdale comes in through, comes in also. Yeah. Yeah. And these kids can't play on the fourth line. No. Eight minutes a night. Claude, stop no. doing that. No, exactly. No more with Kotkaniemi on the fourth line playing eight minutes a night. Absolutely not. Can't, you can't do this. If that's what you're going to do, put him in Laval playing 25 minutes a night or, or here's a simple goddamn solution you don't him. do that or treat him <laughs> yeah if the, like if you don't trust him exactly if you don't trust him don't fucking draft the uh, centerman yeah. at three again yeah and maybe you won't have this all over again so it's uh it's this is these are decisions that you know i get it mark likes these types of hockey players because you know they work hard and they do their things and yeah, they yeah, do their yeah. due diligence which is fine which i mean great you need those like, kinds of players and they're good character guys exactly you need those guys limit it Thank you. Limit you don't it. need 12 forwards of them. Limit it. You don't need 12 forwards, six defensemen. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. Uh, like I said, you have to limit it with uh, with that stuff. You need to at least, if anything, man, I, honestly, I don't care. Put the bottom six forward of guys who are uh, between the ages of uh, 20 and 23. Yeah. Do it. I don't care. I, don't I, care. I have no problem with that yeah. because you know what? You're giving them the opportunity to play in the NHL. Absolutely. Even if they don't do great in their first season. They're getting experience, and they're more, they're they're further ahead than everybody else in the development. Scale. Absolutely agree with you. So absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. We'll end on we'll we'll end the the trade uh, discussions uh, on this because we're already forty five minutes into this. Mm. Uh, God, where's the time go? Um, I guess what I will say is, as someone who has perpetually yelled into a microphone over the past two years now, almost basically year and a half, year and a half. Um, about yelling at this team to try to imp- do what is necessary to improve. Enough of stagnant, enough of staying the course, enough of, well, we'll see what happens in two years. Enough of gradually getting better. It's time now because every team that goes through this, every rebuilding team comes to a point, and Montreal was not a rebuilding team, but they're a team coming up. They're a young team coming up. Retooling. Retooling, yes. Every team in that situation comes to a head at one point, comes to a point where hard decisions and moves need to be made Mm -hmm. to take the next step. The Toronto Maple Leafs did that by signing John Tavares. Agree or disagree with it all you want, doesn't matter. You know my opinion. I know your opinion, and I understand. $11 million million on a centerman when you need need help on defense, I understand all that. Mm. But they came to a decision where... a, a. they came to a point where a decision needs to be made to improve, to help take the next step. Mm-hmm. They did that with John Tavares. That's that's a whole other issue. But they did that. They yeah. took the decision. Yeah. Eric, San Jose made a trade for Eric Carlson, a trade for Evander Kane within a five, six, six, six month period. Yeah, yeah. They knew that they had a team that was still able to compete, but they needed help. Yeah. They went out and got it. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning two years ago. Traded for Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. Mm-hmm. They sacrificed a heavy price. Yeah, basically. A, lot of, a few prospects in a first-round pick. But they made those. At some point, you have to give to improve. Yeah. 
And at some point, you have to be able and willing to make these moves. Because I, what I don't like about Mark Bergevin is in a lot of situations, I find that he's gun-shy. Mm. He's not afraid to make a bold move. He's done it in the he's past. He's done it in the past. He'll every continue year. to do it. But what I've always noticed, and I've said this time and time again, is that every time it's a, he makes a move to bring in help, it's after he's lost something. Mm. We brought in Drew away after, lose, after knowing we were going to lose Radulov. Yeah. We um, brought in Shea Weber, but you lost P.K. Subban in that trade. So We lost Eller, but we got Shaw. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, it's, it's like, what, like what? It's two half dollars. It's, it's a dollar or 4.25 cents. It's the exact same thing. It's another country expression for you. You're just <laughs> looking at me like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, the addition of Drew was great, was good. I guess, sure. It's a top six forward, supposedly. Supposed let's, to be a top six let's forward. Let's not talk about that. But you brought in help there mm-hmm. at scoring, at scoring theoretically, at scoring because this team has historically needed help at scoring, but you lost Radulov. So, like, you're coming and going at the exact same thing. Yeah. And, and so it's – that's what I don't like about Mark Bergevin. I find he's gun-shy when it's time to improve – and when it's time to take the next step, mm. I would have, and I've said this to you and I've said this on the podcast, I would have liked to have seen him make a move at the deadline. This year. This yeah. year. Not to give out Suzuki or Paling or any of that for Duchesne or Stone or any Marcus of Marcus Johansson, Charlie Coyle. Thank look you. Look what they're doing in Boston. Thank you. Marcus Granlin. Michael Granlin was moved. Yeah, exactly. R- you know, There's, there were there, players. There were available there players. players. And, there were and players. That's the thing. What I don't like about Merck Bergevin is he talks the talk. He's always involved in discussions, and he's always talking to other teams. Which is and great. All this, you know which what? Is this goddamn job. No, but it's great that you know we can sit here and say, well, you know what? If he does it or doesn't do it, at least he's doing something. He's not like well, yeah. The, his he's not like his predecessor. predecessor. <laughs> the ghost they called him. Jesus. Just terrible. He was never he was never seen. Remember Unless that? when he traded until uh, until he traded Camilleri halfway through a game. Yeah, and he told him to pay for the jersey. If you wanted to keep it, you got to pay for the jersey. It's a goddamn joke. But but what an idiot! He's so fucking stupid. Um, I'm really liking the idea that I'm allowing myself to swear here. Uh, I'm gonna turn this into the spitting ch- splitting chicklets. Um, but uh, you ever listen to those guys? My God, they swear all the fucking time. They're great. Though. It's hilarious. That's uh, Paul Buzanet, right? Then Ryan yes, Whitney. and Ryan Whitney. Yeah, great, great podcast. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh yes, I think. He's involved in these discussions, which is great, which is mm-hmm. his job. But at some point, being involved is just not good enough. No, of course. You have to be willing to make a hard decision. Yeah. Laugh at, at Paul Holmgren all you want about missed trades. He tried some stuff. Yeah, he was he, not afraid to oh, make big yeah. moves. Paul Holmgren, man. That year he traded Carter and Richards in the same draft, in the same year. Brought in Brzezgalov. He did all. He'd you like, could say the same thing about Don Sweeney a couple of yes, years ago, trading yes. Lucic and Hamilton. Yes. You're going to tell me bold. Listen, they, they shanked on the draft picks, but Apart bold. Apart from DeBrusque, but yeah. Oh, come on. You got to get thinking Barcel. I know, I understand that, but at least one of them, like he's a top six forward. Yeah, okay, but. He's, that's what I mean. Like, yes, I understand. Back to back to I know. back. He had Thomas Shabbat in there, too. That they missed. Yeah. And Colin 18, White. I think 18, 18 other teams or 22 other teams missed Shabbat. That's a hell of a team. Hell of a hockey player. But uh, Brad Tree Living in Calgary. Never afraid to make a big trade. Oh, yeah, of course. And I understand that sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes too much is too... Uh, David Poyle. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, too much is too much. Yeah. But it's the exact same thing for too li- when it, too little is just not enough anymore. I look at Montreal this year and I say to myself, you're not losing anything. No, exactly. It's the first off season Thank in you. a really long time. You're not losing anything. Yeah. Last year, they didn't lose anything. They just had a lot of, let's just say, a lot of attitude and uh, oh, I, hate, that, I hate the term but uh, cancers yeah there were issues that needed to be addressed in the locker yeah, yeah. we can go like Galchenyuk you can go at Max Pacioretty yeah. whatever those were players that they had issues with in terms of the leadership in yep. terms of the attitude and the uh, the approach they had for the team absolutely they made a decision on them it turned out to be better. The, Is they the, made the right decision. Everything that Mark right made touched last summer turned to gold. Perfect. And, and, and that's a great Absolutely. start. Excellent. It, Follow it, it up. It's funny to say that Mark Bergevin in maybe one, in two summers could, conti- could, could change his entire legacy in Montreal. He could erase everything he did in the past. Yeah. Based on the summer he had last year, which yep. was phenomenal. Yes. And what he could possibly do this summer. This is the year. Yes. And I've never seen, I, w- this is a, I would say a long time or ever, such a star-studded free agent class. There's a lot of, yep. a lot of very good yep. free agents. I'm not saying they're going to go out and get Panarin. No. We're talking here available via free agency, yep. available via trade. Yep. Yep. If Mark Bergeron comes out of this with a Marcus Johansson signing and a... Uh, Cam Fowler trade. No, no, no. What I'm saying is oh, if uh, they go the out sign, and get okay. just a Marcus Johansson, just a regular top nine forward, or uh, and just a, I don't know, a spot replacement like uh, like a Jonas Brodeen, yep. that's not going to do it for me. No. I'll be honest with you. That's not going to do it for me. No, I absolutely I dropped the ball. Absolutely. Not good enough. Absolutely. I can sit here and say, you know what? He tried, but it's he not failed. good enough. And, and I'm he sorry. Failed. Yeah. He needs to realize, and I'm sure he does, and I sh- hope to God he does. Not a lot of general managers in his position make it to this situation. Yeah. Not a lot of general managers have enough rope to get to this point. Mm -hmm. A lot of general managers would have been fired by now. Yeah. He would not have gotten the opportunity from last summer to retool, Mm -hmm. to, to remake his legacy to remake yeah. his his the the idea that fans have of yeah. him as a general manager. A lot of times, teams don't let general managers get to that. What is he going to entering year seven or year eight? He was hired in two thousand twelve, so it's going to be what seven year seven. Yeah. He's entering year seven, and his team has missed the playoffs three out of the last four years. Oh, don't get that. Listen, you're you're very. I'm going to sit here and say you were very close last year. You were very and you lucky, had a, and you had a very good year. Okay, yep. a lot. Of, yep. There were more positives than negatives absolutely, last year, absolutely. and that's a fact. Yes. yes, it was a season that the Canadians needed. Yes, in terms of the locker room and just building as a team. Yes, you are in a position of strength this year, where what you're not gonna, you're not losing nope. anything whatsoever. You're, you're not, you're not. Tra- you, there's no problem. There's no, there's problem. no issues in the locker room. No, there's no issues that need to be addressed. You're not dealing with any big name free agents. No. You're not dealing with any of that. Last no. year we had to deal with the Carey Price signing and yeah, all yeah. you had all these things to deal with. We're not dealing with free agents that are leaving. No. We're not dealing with cancers in the locker room, quote unquote. Quote unquote. We're yeah. not dealing with a situation where okay, Alex Galchenyuk, it's time for him to go. Mm-hmm. Max Pacioretty, it's time for him to go. We're not dealing with any of that. No. Now his sole focus is on making this team is on adding to this team. Not subtracting. Not uh, addition by subtraction, mm-hmm. not subtraction and then replacement. Addition. It's a basic entry level mathematics. Mm-hmm. I remember this from kindergarten almost. <laughs> one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. Go get me the two. Yeah. 
you need to add to this roster. And I, I'm so sick and tired of, of hearing and reading idiots, fucking idiots on Twitter saying, no, it's okay. We have, we're fine. No. We can't move. Why would we want to? I, can't, I don't want to give up Andrew Shaw. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, you're right. I don't want to give up Paul Byron. Neither do I. I like Paul Byron. And I like Andrew Shaw. I like Andrew Shaw. But if it makes the team better. If you're giving me a top four defenseman, I'm going to drive him to the, to the airport myself. Yeah. You don't have to pay me gas money or anything. You can get in the back of my Honda. I'll gladly drive him to the, or the Trudeau. Volvo. Hey, if he wants to. I'll, Christ, I'll take the goddamn Porsche out of the garage. Yeah. I don't care. I'll drive him there myself. He's. You have to make this team better. And it's going to be difficult because it's not as if the – and they're not even cap uh, – they're not even having issues with the cap. Listen, right now – They have now, $11 million listen, in cap space. You're right, Almost 12. Listen, listen. Right now, okay, you had a team that put up 96 points. Yes. Okay. The roster you have right now, you have pretty much maybe 85 to 90% of the players signed for next season. Yeah. So you're not even having any issues of resigning an Armia, a Lekkinen, if you resign them or if you use them as trade bait. Jordy Ben. Like Jordy Ben's not coming back. Thank you. But Charles but, Houdon, whatever happens with point, him. The point yes. what I'm trying to say is 90, 85 to 90% yes. of the team that you put onto the uh, ice next year, they're there. Yes. And is returning from this the season, the team that just put up 96 points. If you go out and get guys to address the team itself. Yes. Forwards, defensemen, both, whatever. You address something. We're not talking here mediocrity. Yeah. We're not talking here Valentin Zikov. Yeah. We're not talking... Um, Tobias Reader. Whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or, or Nikita Zaitsev. Yep. Okay? Yep. You're not, we're not talking that. You have the opportunity of a lifetime right now that you need to take advantage of. Yep. You're in a division where, unfortunately, it's getting com- more competitive with every second that's passing. Tampa Bay is not going anywhere. Tampa Bay, Boston, Boston, Boston is in the, Boston's in the cup. Yes. As much as we hate and love shitting on, to, on Toronto, they're there. They're there too. Detroit's rising. Now with Iserman. Yeah. That's a team to Me, watch out for in a few years. Buffalo in a, is coming. Buff- well, whatever. Maybe, hopefully, for them. Florida. Yeah. Florida's <laughs> always put on a great team. Now you hire Quinville. Been, yeah, exactly. And you have and a then, cha- and then chance of the, signing Bobrovsky and Panarin. Oh, watch out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's six teams yep. right there. And I know I'm missing maybe – you have Ottawa. Well, we'll wait about Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But Ottawa mm-hmm. still yeah. always a, always plays the Canadians hard. Yes. And you then you look at the other division. Pittsburgh's not going anywhere. Washington's nowhere near going anywhere. The Rangers are rising. The Islanders have Byron Trotz in that defense-first mentality. Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're sitting here and you're, I'm like, yeah, the Canadians have a team that could compete. Columbus too? I mean, we'll see what happens with free agency, but Columbus, too, is still a competitive team. They still have some core yep. players. Yep. I'm not saying Montreal doesn't have a roster that can compete against them. I'm saying, hey, take advantage and upgrade so you could compete and have more uh, a much easier time against these teams. Yeah, exactly. Because the East is getting a lot harder as the days go by. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the West. Yep. But the West itself is another story. Yep. The East itself. You need to win the East. You need to beat the teams around you to make the playoffs. Yep. I just I'm gonna go through the and just looking at the and we'll end on this. Just yep. looking at the at the free agent class this summer. Unrestricted free agent. Okay. In forward this is I'm now I'm gonna give them to you in order of points. Yeah. And these are just these are the top ten forwards of potentially available on the market. Mm-hmm. Artemi Panarin, 
87 mm-hmm. points. Yeah. Matt Duchesne, 70. Pavelski, 64. Gustav Nyquist, 60. Ryan Dezingle, 56. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes, 55. Justin Williams, 53. Joe Thornton, 51. Anders Lee, 51. And Brett Connolly at 46. Hmm. Brett Connolly put up 46 points. 22 goals! He was always a sniper. I know. He was just always hurt. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, there, there are options there, like yeah. you said. Don't come at me with Jason Pominville. <laughs> Marcus Johansson. There you go. Uh, you like that one, huh? Don't come at me with Richard Ponick. Yeah. Oh, God. I like Don't Michael Furland. Don't come at me with Michael Furland. I had a reasonable deal to take him. You already but, but, have that. Hmm. You have Brennan Gallagher. Yeah, but okay. But you have Andrew Shaw. If they trade a okay, Shaw or absolutely. whatever, yeah. But, but Michael Furlan on a decent contract doesn't hurt the team. Josh. I know. But I, I'm I, saying, I, I understand what I, that. What I'm trying to say is, if I don't want those guys to be the headliners. No. Exa- yes. Exactly. Thank I you. I want these guys to be on page seven. Yes. Not page one. Yes. Go out and sign Gustav Nyquist. Maybe if you want. I don't care. I don't know. But reunite that's, him with the tar. Hey, there you go. But that's my like. Go out and get someone that has a history of production Mm -hmm. that's a recognized name, is a quality, proven top six forward, and dear God, don't trade anybody. Just, just like to, it, to lose it, but, a roster, but to, but even if you do, no, but like don't get, don't move out a top six forward mm. to bring one in. Mm. Dear God, don't do that. Yeah, just just give me positive f- movement. Yeah, yeah, and the same thing for the defense. Oh yeah, of course. Address that need. Brett Brett Kulak is a solid defenseman. <laughs> Here we go. He's a third pairing guy on any. Put him in Boston. He's on the third pair. Left hand. Who do they have left handed? They have Tori Krug. Who else do they have? Chara. Chara. And Grizzly. And John Moore. Yeah, because Grizzly is hurt, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I forgot about Chara. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Brett Kulak isn't even playing there. He's their seventh defenseman, or he plays on the right. I don't have an issue with Brett Kulak. Mm -hmm. I have an issue with Brett Kulak in the top four, because there are better players available. At this point. At this point. You can go out and make a trade and bring one in. Yes, of course. So I'm going to ask Mark Bergevin to do that. Okay. <laughs> please, Mark, please. We'll see you next Friday. When I, when I shake his hand next Friday at the draft, Mark, God damn it, do your job. You don't, be bold and just say, listen. And if you need help, give me a call. I'm always willing to come work for you. Yeah, God. Still your job one day was beside the point. <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap up the show. We're going to wrap up the podcast with uh, give me three bold predictions for the Montreal Canadiens 2019-2020 season. Does that include the offseason? Sure. Yeah, okay. as of right now. Starting from right now. Montreal Canadiens are going to sign Matt Duchesne and Gustav Nyquist. Both. Yeah. Ooh, and cool. they're going to trade Jonathan Dwyer. That's my, that's, my those, first, those are my, that's my first bold prediction. Okay, so they're in the forward group. Yeah. Jonathan Drouin is shipped out. Yeah. Matt Duchesne and Gustav Nyquist are signed. Yeah. Okay. And I think Drouin will be traded for a defenseman. Okay. Don't know who, but... That's my bold prediction. All right. Second bold prediction, de- it will be focused on the defense. Jonathan Drouin, the players that I think will be traded for Jonathan Drouin, like whoever they target, it's not going to be Shane Goss' bear. Um, I think it's going to be Jonathan Drouin, the first-round pick for Hampus Lindholm. Wow. Okay. that's a, So 15? Yeah. And Jonathan Drouin for Hampus That's a bold one. All right. That's bold. And Last but not least, Montreal Canadiens make the conference finals next year if they make those moves. 
Abs- love it. Love it. Love Montreal it. Montreal will make the conference finals. Cool. Yeah. That's, I like it. I like yeah. it. Hey, if Carolina can get there. Montreal will probably have a better team than Carolina, that's for sure. That's what I, like, yeah, we can, anything can happen. Ottawa Center was made it two years, two, three years ago. What are yours, Josh? My, oh, he's flipped the script on me. I want to hear Josh's. Bold prediction? Um, I'm going to say Max Domi cracks 100 points. Mm, I would love to see that. Me too. I haven't seen a 100-point player in the Canadians yeah. in my life. I say Max Domi cracks 100 points. I'm going to say we see a trade completely out of left field. Okay, what's a completely out of left field trade? Whether it be, I have no idea what it would be, but every more often, 90% of people would sit there and say, fuck, I never thought this coming. I never thought that Montreal Canadiens would make a trade like this. Okay, but like, whether it be trading, whether it be trading for a superstar whether it be okay. whether it be or whether it be um, trading for whether it be something like um, Rasmus Ristolainen, mm-hmm. okay, or th- that kind of idea. Everybody, people are gonna like a Jonathan Huberdeau. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a trade. I think we're gonna see a trade that everybody's gonna take a step back and say, "Wow, I did not see this coming." Mm-hmm. Do you think the trade will be a positive or a negative? God damn it! I hope it's positive. <laughs> I hope it's positive. But I, I, okay. y- it could go either way. Okay. It could be wow, Mark Bergevin just fleeced this guy, or wow, when did we hire Jim Benning? Gotcha. Or Pierre Dorian? Gotcha. My last bold prediction hmm. is that I will go one step further than you. You're gonna make the cup. They're gonna make the finals. Oh. This is as if these moves happen. I, if, if Mark Braithwaite does his job and if moves are made to address team needs and the roster is improved, I'm going to say that I'm not going to say who wins it or, what, or who they're going to be but against. But they're going to make it. But I say that next year at this time, we're going to be watching the Montreal Canadiens in the, conf- in the Stanley Cup final. What was your first bold prediction again? That uh, Max Domi was going to break Yeah, 100 points. points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're bold predictions. They're bold predictions. That's why they're bold. They're fun. They're they're out there. Again, we want the best for this team. They have yeah. probably their best opportunity, uh, based off their performance last season, to just continuously add. Yeah. And yeah. if they take it, listen. If they take advantage of it, God bless them. They're gonna be they're gonna be laughing in the end. You sign a guy like Matt Duchesne, uh, he's a difference maker. Absolutely. And, uh, and on a team like the Montreal Canadiens, you need to alleviate the pressure off the small guys, off yes. the little guys. Yes. Gustav Nyquist, you know, he may not be the Gustav Nyquist he was a couple of years ago, but we thought the same thing about Tatar. Mm-hmm. Tatar put up, what, 58 points, Something 60 like points? That, yeah. Nyquist could put up 60 points. He just did last year. So, there, 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 yep. all these little things, you can't go for Brett Connolly. I understand. As your Absol- number one guy. Absolutely and I would agree love with you. Sign Brett Connolly. I have no, no problem, problem with it. But sign Duchesne too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He better not like, be your marquee free agent signing. I want to see Matt Duchesne and then I see team also signed <laughs> yes. Connolly, Furlins, yeah, or whatever it bolster is. Bolster the scoring. Yeah. Fine. I'll be fine with that. When, when at the end of July 1, in the when Marky Bergevin comes to the, the press conference, I want him talking about Matt Duchesne or that type of player. Or Eric Carlson. Or 
I wanted to talk. I want him talking about a big name addition. Yeah. I don't want him going on about how the addition that we needed was Ma- Michael, Michael Pekka was a four-year starter in uh, university and Michael <laughs> Pekka last year was a big signing, one point two million dollars for two years. <laughs> This is a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Lambros, yeah. thank you very much for oh, joining it's me. It's my pleasure. You're always welcome on the Not Having a Podcast. Just invite me. I will. I will. <laughs> we'll, we'll have. We'll. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of coverage after between the draft and July one. There's gonna be a lot of stuff to talk about. So I'll for sure try to have you back on if schedules permit and stuff like that. Sounds good. Um, and so yeah. So before wrapping up, I'd like to invite all of my listeners to once again make sure to do check out and follow. Um, all the great stuff that's available for your reading pleasure over at owinninghabit.com. The guys over there do a fantastic job of keeping everything related to the Montreal Canadiens up to date and available for your reading pleasure. Good stuff. They have nice stuff. I don't read Josh's all the time, but they have good stuff. <laughs> Speak the truth. I appreciate that, Lamar. Yeah, I appreciate the truth. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So on that note, everyone, uh, thank you very much. Another week of the podcast. Next week, um, probably not going to have a podcast because I'm going to be at the draft. So uh, we'll probably have something coming out for you at the beginning. Follow of- him. He'll live tweet it. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. As always, encourage Give me a follow on Twitter at JoshwoodAlarm95. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me how much of an idiot I am. Funny story. I've had someone do that already more I than know. once. That more I than, saw. More than once. That I saw. Um, but yeah. So always, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe the episode, and tell your friends, families, and everyone else to listen to the Not Having a Podcast. Enjoy the draft, everyone. We'll talk to you after the draft.